Hey everyone, welcome to Filling the Gap, tales from the out-of-work event industry. My name is Phil Meganhart, and I am your host. I'd like to introduce Riley Yale, my co-host. That's me. Listeners, our show was created as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic and the live event industry shutdown. Just a reminder of who we are. My name is Phil Meganhart. I'm the owner and creative director of Bold Hat Productions. Bold Hat Productions is based in Seattle, Washington. We create and implement super awesome events. Over 20 years of experience, we produce some legacy events here in Seattle. Fremont Oktoberfest, Fremont Fair, Kirkland on Court, Chelan Winterfest. We've had a lot of fun creating, producing, marketing, all those things. And I'm Riley Yale, marketing professional, student, and currently producer of this podcast. All right, so before we get into the actual interview with our guest today, we're going to go over to Phil to get the scoop. What's the news? What's been going on? Well, thanks, Riley. Well, the big news is we're back after a three-month hiatus. We are feeling good, feeling strong. We did have a couple of uh, podcast recordings in the can, so they've all been edited, as they say, and ready to be uh, let out to the world. So with that said, though, for the last three months, Riley, what have you been up to? Well, I am back at school. I go to University of Washington here in Seattle. I've been doing a lot of that. That's been taking up a lot of time. I also still have been working part-time at this marketing internship I've had for a while now. doing a, Picking up a lot of projects. I uh, did a re- most recently a safety training video, which is very interesting. So you taught people how to lift. I, yeah, I tell people how to lift how to boxes and how to get on ladders right. Did you teach, teach and the importance of safety in the safety, workplace. Safety first. Yes. Now there's sometimes when... Top down safety. Oh, that's... Ooh, top Stay, down safety. Yeah, top down safety. Yeah. Uh, there's been a few days at Bold Hat where it was like uh, safety third sort of a thing. Yeah. But, well... You know, sometimes during events you, you got to do what you got to do. But safety first is important. So uh, at Bold Hat, we teach the big toe, little toe, lifting the box. Mm. If you're familiar, do you do this at, in your safety videos? You know, we didn't, we didn't discuss the big toe, little toe, and I'm not even sure what that is. So the idea is that if you have a big box, you put your big toe next to the box, and it forces you to bend, to squat down. Mm-hmm. And if you have, like, let's say you drop your keys on the floor... And a lot of people hurt themselves and throw out their back by picking up their keys. You'd be surprised. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and you drop your keys on the ground. So you put your little toe next to the keys. Oh. And then so little toe, little object, big toe, big object. And, oh, I and see. it forces you to you know squat. And actually, it's pretty smart. I use it all the time, actually. Just a little safety I learned that. From yeah, us. I learned that from uh, McLean's Northwest when I was Slurpee Boy. <laughs> when I sold Slurpees. The legend. For a living. Yes. The legendary we covered Slurpee it boy. Episode one for all you listeners want to go back and listen to that. Um, Safety tips from us here at filling the gap. And you uh, feel big good about time. your your finals exam. Your finals. Yeah, you know, I passed uh, all my finals. I didn't fail my math class like I thought I would, which is always nice to uh, yeah, know. Yeah. Now it's spring break. Spring break. I'm spring breaking so hard. I'm doing yes. a podcast, so it doesn't get crazier than this. Nothing like spring break. So for uh, for me. Uh, back in February, I had my first volunteer shift at the um, Seattle University Swedish vaccination clinic. And what an amazing experience to be part of. Uh, not only to be part of the solution, uh, not only to the world, the pandemic, but also just 
to see like what an event looks like. People lining up, people, you know, getting checked in, people getting shots. Yeah. You know, and on our events, you'd get a shot of whiskey. But <laughs> different this, kinds of shots. Different kinds of shots. But all really good. Matter. They all All good shots. Yeah, all good shots. So in here, you get a shot of vaccine, and then you're out the door. So it was really, it's been great. I did a bunch of uh, shifts with them. Uh, then I went on midwinter break with my daughter, uh, Zeta, and her girlfriend, Yana, and her father. Uh, we went to Utah, and we had a very COVID-compliant um, trip. Really interacted with no one. Yeah, we went, we drove there, we stayed in Airbnb and ate in and drove to the ski area and, you know, stayed apart from everybody and skied and no problem. And I was vaccinated as part of volunteering at the vaccination clinic. And when I got back, I started volunteering. Uh, they moved that site to the Lumen Field Mass Vaccination Clinic and mm -hmm. they are trying to get to a point where they can do 20,000 people a day. A day. Vaccinating 20,000 people a day. That's quite a few. So it's been fun volunteering there as well. They've come such a long way, you know, from February to where they are now and to where they want to be. So, and with all that said, all this vaccination gives everyone, we've moved from pandemic to hope. Mm -hmm. And the idea is that, so Gold Hat, we've been getting a few more phone calls from clients and from our communities. And so we're talking about like what it could look like to produce an event post-pandemic and when really when we're going to be ready and with that said i did turn in a special event permit to the city of seattle for the fremont fair what would traditionally be the fremont fair but we don't want to have a fremont fair and solstice mm -hmm. parade because that would be in we don't June. want to confuse everybody yeah we don't, so i we came up with this new branding a uh, very distinct different name mm -hmm. so it's called the fremont socially distant solstice art walk Right? Sounds. It's a lot to say. It's a lot. Uh, nothing sexy about that. Right? <laughs> and, I think, and I think really uh, the idea is that we are going to celebrate Solstice in Fremont in a very different way. No parade, no naked bicyclists. Actually, they might show up, but you know, nothing in, organized as it has been in the past. But also, um, we have a lot of art in Fremont. I mean, that's it's known as the sort of bohemian area of uh, city of Seattle. Totally. So we're able to. Um, Highlight all that art, and uh, people can come down over five days, walk around. Hopefully, we'll have some floats that the Ooh. Fremont Arts Council, which would be the Solstice Parade, would put together, uh, and they would be stationary, and people would walk by them and see the see them as exhibits, not really as like you know yeah, normal traditional floats. Float, yeah. yeah. So I think it's going to be a great idea. I mean, yeah. the whole idea is it's one, it's Fremont kicks off summer, uh, and in this particular case, we can do the same thing. Uh, bring people down, bring some registers at the restaurant, remind people that uh, we're going, you know, in the right direction. Yeah, help um, out those small businesses that are all in the way, those restaurants, people will so many small businesses, a socially yeah. distant snack, hopefully, on their art walk. Yes, exactly, well said. So, um, before we go on, I just want to say that we did put a few shows together. Yeah, we've got two shows that we recorded back in January that have been on the back burner for a while. This one uh, is all edited and obviously ready to go because it's you're listening to it right now. Yeah. The other one is in the works as we speak, so that'll be out soon. Looking forward to hearing from Michael Scott, Fremont Brewery. Mm -hmm. And the nice thing about it is, is Springs here, you know, we can think about beer, we can think about coming back and drinking beer in beer gardens. So this yeah. is a very, you know... Timely, really. Very timely and full of hope. 
So, and lots of good times to uh, talk about. A good laughs with Michael. Let's hear yeah. from him. Michael, officially, welcome to Filling the Gap. So to start the conversation, I just want to introduce how we know each other. So I'll talk about how we know each other, then you probably have your own story. Michael, and I do want to, before we start, I want to take a sip of coffee. Ooh. Nice, nice. Wow, did you know? So, so listeners, I have in my hand the Rainier Pale Mountain Ale Stanley Thermo Mug. And that is a piece of swag that Michael produced for the launch of said Rainier product. But I know Michael Scott, we met in 2015. I, I'm pretty sure that's maybe that early. Sounds maybe, right. Yeah, but maybe 2014 is when everything started or something like that. 2015 was the first year you and I did the first rain our day. And Correct. our day is where I leave and ask. She doesn't know what our day is. Yeah. She's, she's you know, 21s maybe missed that. <laughs> yeah, um, well, hopefully like, they'll come back post-pandemic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and our day was a regional day to celebrate the brand, the culture around Rainier Beer. And at that point in time, Michael, you were working for Rainier Beer, I guess the umbrella company's Pabst? Yeah, correct. Rainier's owned by Pabst. But really, as brand manager at Rainier, kind of like a CEO for the brand. They're tasked with driving sales, working with the sales team, um, but but really just manifesting the brand in, in the world. So that's that's what I was doing for, for them for five years. Manifesting. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's pretty cool. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah. It is a great brand. Yeah. And it's in the, and I think the beer business, and I think that's, I was thinking about our conversation, Michael, and I realized that you and I would have had this conversation at a minimum of three times in 2020, Seattle Scotchy Beer Fest, Fremont Fair, and Fremont Oktoberfest. Yep. Because you are now with Fremont Brewing Company as the brand manager there, or no marketing director. Yeah. Company. So I'm over here as the director of marketing. I've been here uh, just about eight months. So I actually started um, March 16th, which was shortly after they passed Stay in Shelter uh, here in Washington State. So been, it's been a ride. The day I started, they, I, I came in and I wasn't supposed to actually start for another two weeks. And they said, hey, can you come in and talk to us? We'd like to talk about you starting a little bit early, giving what's going on. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure, of course. So I came in and they basically just handed me all of uh, uh, my computer and, and, and a bunch of other things. And they, and they said, oh, I'm starting. <laughs> uh, and I started. Of course, it's been, you know, a, a bumpy, a bumpy eight months, and we're not able to do a lot of the favorite things that we like doing, which is particularly in the craft beer business or in the beer business in general, is is building community, which is through a lot of the events and activities that we would do with Bold App. Um, and we're just really sad that we can't do that right now, but we certainly look forward to a time when we can again. Right, and with that said. You know, what, as we looked at the future, I mean, by the grace of God, if we can have the Fremont Oktoberfest in September, it will be wonderful. It's some some version of it. Last year, honestly, Michael, there was no sense to even try to do like a to-go thing or a virtual thing. I know a lot of people uh, tried that and there were a few, I saw a cider fest that pivoted. I saw a couple of beer festivals that, that, you know, you would, drive up and pick up their thing. I know that down in Mount Angel, they did an Oktoberfest where yeah. you drove, drove by and you picked up, 
you know, case of beer and a bunch of bratwursts and mustard and stuff like that. Sure, sure. Yeah, we've participated in a couple of virtual events. And, and again, I mean, and they're fine. And they're going to continue. I think yeah. there's a little bit of fatigue happening now. People, you know, they're doing school online. They're doing all their meetings online. So the last thing they really kind of want at the end of the day or on the weekend is to do a, do a virtual event online. Um, what they're really craving is that return um, to normalcy and to be with others and, and to, you know, kind of have a community again. But those will go on and, and, and we'll keep doing them. But, you know, we've heard throughout the entire period, like, I just can't wait to be able to go back to the beer garden. Never mind, never mind you know, just a festival. Like, yeah. we just want to go to and sit next to somebody I don't know, feel yes. comfortable and drink a beer, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, you know, because that's our urban beer garden, which is one of the largest in, in Seattle, is yeah. used to having, you know, like 300 people on a given Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. Um, and, and lines and, you know, everybody's packed in there having a good time. Um, and that, that just even that occasion is gone right now. So no, I think in 2021, we get towards September, October, uh, I think people will come back uh, in droves. I mean, there'll be the initial period where people are reticent and careful as they should be. Um, but I think what, with the distribution of the vaccine and as we move past, no, I think, I think people will come back, excitedly come back. Yeah. Well, you hit on something that I think is important for your brand, for the Fremont Brewing brand, is that urban beer garden that, that you have. One, the view is amazing. Hold on to that because sooner or later there'll be a building in that parking lot. That's how Fremont nope. works. Nope. Not going to happen to us. We're going to make sure of it. Uh, and, buy, and, the, and buy the land, build a brewery there. Yeah, no, we're, we'll, we're going to keep that spot. We're actually, um, I'm excited to share uh, you're the guys, first guys to hear about it, actually. We're going to be putting in some permanent outdoor structures. So rather, you know, we've had tents for years, which is which is great. Um, and they're very comfortable and they keep the elements off of you. We have heaters in them right now. Um, but we're going to put uh, new permanent structures out there uh, to make it even more comfortable. They will have heaters as well. So really year round, you'll be able to sit out there and, and be comfortable and enjoy that view. That work's going to start actually next week. So we're pretty psyched for that. So no, we're never going to leave that spot. We're going to. No, yeah, you're spawning. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. I mean, during Solstice weekend, you're on the parade route. Fremont Brewing has grown so much from, you know, the small brewery location that you're at now, or the, the tasting room or the, the outdoor beer garden is now to, mm -hmm. you know, the, the facility that you have now, which is pretty big. So Sarah and Matt are super nice people. They are. And they are. They're lovely. Um, Honestly, you know, as I was rocking and rolling over at Rainier, uh, I was having a really good time. And, and I just had it, started having conversations with Sarah and Matt. And they, they were really at a point in the growth of the company where they were um, looking to invest in marketing and really start growing their brand and introducing it to new consumers. They've done fantastic with craft consumers. They're very well-respected. Their beers are sought throughout the world. But now they're at a point in, the, in, in really in the growth cycle to bring somebody like me in that can help them with not only marketing, but advertising and, and growing in markets outside of the core of Washington. So, so for me, it was an opportunity to play a larger role at a, at a smaller brewery. Um, and for them, it was an opportunity to bring in somebody that had, you know, lots of experience in marketing, you know, 360 marketing, global marketing. Right. And before I was with Rainier, I was doing international and brand marketing at Tommy Bahama. Before that, I was at Starbucks. Um, I was working on the category management team developing new products to introduce throughout the world for Starbucks. 
And then all the way back in the day, I was at Microsoft, which I discovered I didn't want to be in software. Uh, so I've had this wealth of experience kind of in corporate Seattle companies, global companies, but all the way back before that kind of pattern that I had in, in my, in my career, um, I started right out of college at Pike Brewing and Pike Brewing, oh, right. yeah, one of the original craft craft breweries here in, in Seattle, Charlie Finkel and Roseanne Finkel, who unfortunately passed away recently, uh, founded that. Um, and it's a great brewery. They do really well. And um, for them, I was, I was helping run their tap room, which they had, they had one of the first tap rooms in Seattle, really, yeah. Yeah. Um, in, in Pike Place Market. So I kind of, my journey with craft started all the way back then. And that was in 1997 or eight. <laughs> uh, so long ago, it's hard for me to remember. Um, yeah. And, you know, then I went and did this corporate thing and, and then found my way back through Rainier to, to craft beer. So I'm super psyched to be here. The, the, again, like you said, the people are lovely and, and the beer is just fantastic. So I've seen so many breweries come and go and, and very secular, you know, like, like there's suddenly there's like a ton of microbreweries. And then what I have always said is that it's not so much the management and how the, it's the beer flavors. You know, because you can have a great concept and a really cool name and there's a lot of cool name, you know, breweries that come out. But if you don't have a flavorful beer, you're, yeah, you're I mean, not going to you know, think it. Yeah, it's a complex, it's a complex business. Not only is it, is your beer flavorful and, and on trend with, you know, where people really, what kinds and styles of beers they're drinking at that moment, but also consistency, right? And that's, yeah. that's huge for any brewery to grow, to make a great beer is one thing, have great branding is another thing. But that QC quality control piece is massive. If you can't nail that and have, and fortunately here at Fremont we do, it, but if you can't nail that piece, there's just no way you're going to grow. Yeah. Um, because, you know, people, it, it's a shame, um, but they forget good things quickly and they remember and tell all of their friends bad things. It's just how human nature works. Um, so if you're putting bad beer out there and they have it, that's just going to, you know, that's, gonna, that's not going to do you any favors. Throughout this time, even though it seems like you literally were one of the people that actually got a job immediately when the pandemic started, I, mean, I think you said March 16th. I think that's when I got put on stage. Yeah, yeah, that's when I started. <laughs> I had a job before, so I'm very fortunate. Yes. Yeah, so uh, I mean, you haven't really had much of a gap to fill, but what have you been doing since? I mean, still like social life, you can't see people really too much. You're not quite supposed to be in the office, all that. Yeah. All that yeah, in terms of the physical, I mean, both personally and professionally, it, it definitely has been um, a process of filling the gap. You know, um, like everyone, um, I think we've I've done more Zoom calls, both with family and professionally, um, on a personal note, one of nine kids. And Zoom's been around for a while, right? <laughs> yeah, it has. So we could have been Zooming, you know, we could have been Zooming before the pandemic, but we didn't. It took a pandemic to get us all on a Zoom call. And it's been, in that sense, it's been great because I've actually, a silver lining in the pandemic is that I've got to spend more time with my family and see them. Here at Fremont, honestly, given the dumpster fire of a year 2020 has been, the team here has really stayed very positive and optimistic, focused on what they can control and what they can do to continue serving um, their community. We've done some virtual things to try and take care. We've donated money as best that we can to try and take care of our community. So we've done a lot of those type of activities to try and fill that that gap that's missing from, from being together physically as a community. It still is not enough. You know, we feel sad and, and, and we miss, again, seeing 
the number of people that we would usually see at the Urban Beer Warehouse or the events that we would normally do. Because yeah. it's really, a, you know, I mean, like a very essential piece of being a craft brewer is engaging in community and building community, fostering community, you know, both not, not only to just like sit down and have a pint with somebody, but also taking care of nonprofits. We've done tons of nonprofit work um, and making donations and all of that. So that all still is like, we do the best we can, but we look forward to getting back there so terribly much. Well, what about you physically? You've been like losing, everyone's like losing weight, doing whatever during <laughs> no, the, during the no, pandemic. I got what? COVID-19. Um, you, I, I, okay. I, I'm slimming down now, you know, I'm in the, the January, I, I cannot in good conscience not drink beer. So I am still drinking. Um, it's not a dry Very January. Carbo loading. Yeah. <laughs> but I am, I'm drinking less and, uh, and, and certainly trying to increase my activity. And then also my family and I, uh, for years, for 30 years, I've lived in Seattle, mostly in North Seattle, Fremont, Ballard, Finney Ridge. And we, we finally relocated outside of the city and moved to Edmonds. So that, that also affords us a little bit more of an opportunity to be outside. We're, we're fortunate the area we live in has outside trails. So we, yeah, yeah we, we talked, we talked about that on a phone call earlier, or I guess end of last year. And we, we, myself, we're moving towards that Muckleteo area. It's beautiful up there. I mean, it's, yeah, it's gorgeous. It's a little bit, you know, you get a little more bang for your buck, if you will. People are nice. You got to drive if you got to work in the city. So a little bit of a drive, but it's not, there's, there's certainly a, there's a lot of amenities that you don't have. Yeah. Well, uh, and, that, and, and especially uh, now, and, and I don't know, you know, what your schedule is, but I know that in the future, the idea of being in an office seven days or five days a week is going to be very rare. I think a lot of people have worked from home and it's just working, yeah. it's just working out. Yeah. Uh, I, again, on, on a personal note, I mean, you know, Sadly, we had to make a difficult decision, like I think many Americans and my wife made a difficult choice to take a pause on her career and stay home. We have two kids and she's doing homeschooling. And, and so that, that's a difference, right? She's used to being in the office five days a week. She, she was most recently at Amazon and before that Starbucks. Um, so that's definitely different. We're fortunate that we could make that choice. I think a lot of Americans can't make that choice and are, and are struggling through this period. But I do think what you're talking about um, is, is going to be a cultural shift. Many people, you know, I think big businesses, one, have recognized that people can successfully work from home yes. and that will allow them to have better quality of life and increased flexibility. The benefit of that, that having been proved, is they can reduce their physical footprint and spend less money with office space. So I think there's going to be, over the next few years, um, a pretty traumatic shift of how much physical space companies actually retain. Um, and they'll continue to leverage this model because people, again, benefit from it and they see the, they see the benefit for it themselves. Now, for me and for the beer business and, and events, I don't think it'll yes. impact events, no. but it does impact the beer occasion or the, or the occasion in which they may be consuming alcohol. So for us, um, looking ahead at consumer trends, we're trying to think of, okay, well, what is that new occasion? Will it still be, will it be at home in their garage? Will it be just at home? You know, I mean, like, will they still go to the local bar? How many bars will be left after this? All of those questions are kind of what we're sorting through to try and figure out. And, and again, you know, just figure out that what those occasions will be so we can better serve our consumers and, and, and meet them there with a great beer. I love the new occasion idea. The, 
the challenge with my brain is, you know, being entrepreneurial and being in the event business, I'm always thinking like, what's the next event? And the the cool thing about Bold Hat Productions is 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 we own and or partner with some of the you know the legacy events in the in the Seattle area from the Fremont Fair, Oktoberfest, uh, work with the U District Street Fair. So we're in all these communities. You know, Rainier when when we worked together and did that down in in the Georgetown area. You know, we've worked with Redmond. The nice thing about an event is it's the same thing as running. It's a big bar for four days. It's a lot, I want to say it's a lot harder than it looks, you know, running a bar, but it's running a business and that's sort of. Yeah, no, I mean, with events, I think there's so much planning and coordination that happens in advance. And if you don't get that piece right, you're not set up to execute well. And even when you do do all that right, as you well know, and. and (laughs) Oh, this is the best part. This is where we're going to talk about stories. Yeah, there's there's always that thing that happens at an event and you're like, oh, well, (laughs) <laughs> I didn't really think about that. What do we do now? And how do we course correct? Like, how do we make sure that bad things don't happen? Whether it's like, hey, we didn't get enough bathrooms or, oh, you know, I didn't think that there was going to be, and this actually happened at an event with Phil and I, I didn't think that there was going to be this other facility in our area that was going to have this alternative lifestyle event. Swingers. Um, we can say swingers. People in and out of our event without causing trouble. Yes. <laughs> and what is an alternative lifestyle? But yeah, there's always those things that happen when you, even with all the planning and, and coordination. And, and it's similar to, to running a bar or a restaurant. I mean, hats off to those guys because that, yeah. that is a tough business with small margins and stuff, like weird stuff happens all the time and yeah. you just got to manage through. Yeah. That's, that's part of honestly what Bold Hat is, is really good at. I mean, I don't know how many events we're small things would pop up and you guys would be like, all right, we're going to do this. Yeah. For me, it was always not, sh- I, I, I guess it was always like, okay, what is it? Pause, figure out alternatives, make sure everyone's enrolled and then execute. The execution and that planning piece is so funny because the one, the one thing, if I remember correctly, when we worked together, we, both of us kind of inherited our day. Our day, honestly, that idea had come when they brought the, Rainier R back to the original old brewery along I-5. Andy Gersian um, was the gentleman for, uh, who was working on Rainier at Pabst at the time. And when Rainier, the brewery left and, and relocated their brewing operations, first to Olympia and then to California, a lot of Seattleites and, and really Pacific Northwesterners felt that their beer had been taken. Mm-hmm. Like the man took our beer. Right. right. But the, and, and so the idea was if we, you know, and then, then the R came down and the Tully's T went up. Yes. And everybody, oh, there, thank you. Yes, there is it this, did. There's this backlash like, A, why do you <coughs> beer? And B, I used to like Tully's and now I hate you because <laughs> it shouldn't be a T up there. It should be the R because right. forever, for 50 years, when you drove into Seattle on I 5, it was like, there's the R. I'm home, yes. right? It just, it be, the R became a symbol of Seattle, the Pacific Northwest, Rainier, the mountain, and yeah. that all wove into this brand so that there's this just affiliation for it. So when they brought that R back, um, really what we heard both from people that like Rainier and just average Joe that don't even know who Rainier is, is they felt they got a piece of Seattle heritage back, right? So it, it made them feel like, oh, you know, we got something back from the man. <laughs> like we're gonna, you know, 
that like old Seattle's back and like my home, a piece of my home came back. So that's kind of what started and the whole R Day event. And, and we just said, you know, we got to keep bringing people together and building community. And we brought in KXP as a partner and that started bringing in music and fostering music and bringing in the, the music community. Then we started bringing artists to foster that community. Yeah. So, I mean, the event just kind of evolved. And honestly, it would have, it would have happened um, as, as near as I know in 2020 as well, but we couldn't because of COVID. But right. every year the event has gotten bigger, but it, it's always about the same thing. It's about fostering community and, yes. and remembering all that's cool about Seattle. I mean, yeah, we happen to sell a bunch of beer that day, but it's really about community in Seattle and Pacific Northwest heritage. Yeah. Well, when we opened the doors at four o'clock or f- and the people that were lining up, we had a hundred people, you know, before we opened yeah. doors and they had their Rainier hats and they had all their merch. And the first place they went to when they walked in the door is, is the merch booth. Yeah. The first thing they did is they went to the casual industries booth. We had partnered with casual industries. who's right there in the old Rainier brewery. And these guys are great and they make great apparel and hats and, Really yeah. cool stuff. They've been a friend of Rainier forever. And everybody ran for the booth because the t-shirts were free. That's right. And there was hands <laughs> to free. Make it, to, make it, to make it worse, not only were they free, but they were making them yes. with the press. One at a time. As they were giving them. Yeah. So and they were talking to everyone like, oh, and so they're how's talking to everybody and and gracious guys. And, yeah. and they, they've worked at many festivals, right? But what we hadn't planned for was instead of three, we got six and everybody wanted a shirt. Yeah. So like, it just caused this whole rigmarole. And then, you know, people thought they would get in that line. They didn't realize it wasn't the beer line and it was yeah. the t-shirt line. Like, I, I just want a beer. So we're like walking up and down the line. Hey, go over here, get yeah. the beer, the beer, the beer. Come back to the t-shirt line. Yeah. So like, yeah, we had a lot of learnings that year. You know, we got through it. And then the next year we had a great dry event, sunny, and we dealt with the alternative lifestyle people, which you made me remember is that we all were waiting to see who the alternative lifestyle people were. Like right. you know, who that was. Right. And know? we were not left lacking. Um, they were entertaining. Guy bare chested with wings on. And I think a very small pair of shorts. That was interesting. Yeah, a lot of a lot of T bar or a lot of thongs, yeah. if I remember <laughs> Right? Yeah. Wanna be there. The, yeah. the thing that I think so we had learnings, I think, year one, two. And then we had three. And three, I, I'm sure you remember, was like this monsoon. Yeah. And we had some, we had tents, which was great because we we're like, oh, the weather's not going to cooperate. And we threw up tents and to our credit, while we didn't see, you know, like the 6,000 people, our, our attendance was about half, like we saw 2,500, maybe three yeah. over the course of the time. So in this monsoon though, those people stayed Yeah. like, and to this day, John, John in the morning. So John Richards, who's great DJ at, on KXP, he was DJing that night. And to this day, if you ask him about that, he will say, it is the most Northwest event I've ever been a part of, which right. is just awesome because he's like, you know, he's got his earphones on, he's doing his whole thing. Like the rain is going and people are in like slickers and doing their yeah. own thing. And, and it was great. Like we had a great party and we still made money and yeah. managed through, right? Like that kind of a thing. When we talked last month, you were telling me, so it came up again. Cause I called you that day and you're like weird, Phil. Yeah. And what was, and what was that story? Yeah, so Fremont is currently sponsoring, John created due to COVID, uh, and because bands can't come and play at the station, he created um, his Lawn in the Morning series. So a few Fridays every month, he has bands come and play on his front lawn in West Seattle. Right. Uh, so we're sponsoring that concert series for with them, and 
you know, people are out there rain or shine doing these shows. And he had mentioned it that morning that uh, because it was raining, they took people off the lawn and put them, they have this little veranda, if you will, that attached to the house and they had them play under there. But because of the conditions and the rain and everything that was going on, the story had come up of playing Our Day because the band that had played that morning had also played Our Day. And he said, oh, you know, like I haven't seen you since uh, when we played that Rainier Beer Our Day event. And yet here we are again in the rain <laughs> playing another event. Maybe we should stop doing stuff. So he was making jokes so, about it. Right. It's, yeah. such a, it's such a Seattle small. And, you, you know, you mentioned community so many times in our conversation. And it really is. You know, it's such a small community. And I can't wait to see what you do with the Fremont Brewery because I, I do know it's, you've already said at the top of the show, it's a great brand. You know, Matt and Sarah have been really thoughtful about how they've grown Fremont and, and keeping it true to its roots and what it's about. And obviously we've spent a lot of time talking about community and that is absolutely something. I'll come in with crazy wackadoodle ideas because I'm the marketing guy and it's like, oh, well, what if we do this? You know, and I'm all, yeah. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> let's do it the Fremont way though. Right. So, so Matt has a very clear vision of what Fremont is. And obviously we have our rabid fans, just like Rainier or, or, or if you're a successful brand, many other brands. And you have to keep that in mind as, as you start creating new beers or new events or engaging in any way. So that again, you keep that authentic, you keep that true to who your brand is. And that's as a, as a marketing brand guy, it's really a, you know, it's a special place to be when you get to work on a brand in that way. Like with Rainier, you don't want to take it out into the world in an inauthentic way. And people will be like, well, what are you doing? Yes. Right? Like it's the same with Fremont or with any brand that yeah. if you really want to do it well, you just, you have to do a lot. You have to listen to your consumer you have to listen to the people that started the joint and make sure that you continue to, to, to bring things to life. That doesn't mean you can't do it in new ways and try new things and create new events. It just means that as you do them, you have to be very mindful. You know, you don't want to mess up your brand because if you do it right, you know, it's more than just beer. It, it is a powerful brand that brings people together and comes to represent memories and, and, and occasions yes. that they have and experiences that they have, right? That was one of the, the awesome things, um, you know, here at, at Fremont is, you know, you, we hear stories all the time of people like, oh, I got engaged at your urban beer garden, right? Like, or, oh, I met my wife for the first time with friends at the urban beer garden. Right. And we met over, you know, we, we both loved your inner urban IPA, right. Yeah. Or with Rainier, it's the same thing. My dad worked at the brewery, right? Like you have yeah. these moments. Well, yeah. At, at our day we had yeah, we right. getting on the stage and getting engaged. Yeah. I mean, Oktoberfest, right. we've had, you know, weddings, we've had, you know, there, totally. used, to, these things there used to be a wedding much. altar. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. These things become much more than simply just selling beer. Again, it's, yeah. it's much more about you know, bringing people together and having that occasion, fostering community. What we don't know is how many children that are beer gardens and festivals. Beer garden babies? Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. yeah. I've heard, I was yeah. driving, I was driving one home, I was driving to work home. one day and the DJ and the, and the lady on the radio, and I don't know who she, I can't even remember what station it was now, but she was talking about, well, you know, my son is born and he was born on, you know, he was conceived in the night of the Fremont Oktoberfest. And I was just like, <laughs> yes. You're like, that's me. Yes. Right. Yeah, we're, we're changing the world. We, you yeah. and I have populated the world. Yeah. We have created we're community. We, we, we certainly have had what I think is a positive influence. So that's, yes. that's good. We can be proud of that. Yes. 
amongst other wonderful things that we can be proud of. Well, I think that's a great place to, to officially thank you, Michael, for your time. And I know that filling the gap for 2020 has been very interesting to hear from all of our guests so far. I'm really glad to hear what you've been up to as far as not only the beer brand, you personally. Thank you. I'm very happy you reached out and happy to be on the show. And I think it's fun what you're doing. And, you know, I wish you success with the podcast. I'm really looking forward to when we get to come back together. And it's not, it's not if, it's a when now. Yeah. And Rocket and have such a great time getting back to what we do is creation and building and celebrating community. So thank you for being on the show. And that concludes episode four of Filling the Gap. Thank you so much for listening. If you just can't get enough and would like to see some more of our content, go ahead and check us out on Instagram at Filling the Gap or at our website, www.fillingthegap.com. As always, thanks for listening and we'll talk to you guys soon.